This ministry is an outreach, and it wants to grow, and it's amazing. I didn't ask Jerry anything about it, it you know, when he asked me to come, and the Lord talked to me this morning, and I want to deal this, uh, this, uh, this morning, and I want to deal tonight with untrodden ground, because everything you see belongs to you. Psalms 115, verse 16 says, the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. But if we don't take ownership over it, someone else will. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 1. It's a very familiar scripture, and I want to read here. This is all being spoken during the funeral of Moses. Moses was a great man. But you see, God's always got someone to fill up something, see? Because you've got to understand the mission is always greater than the person. You see what I'm saying? The presidency is greater than the president or the person. And right here in Joshua chapter 1, I like to read out the old King James Version. And people say, why do you use that old King James Version? When's the last time you heard people quote the Amplified? Come on. It's kind of hard to quote the Amplified, isn't it? The reason why the King James is more poetical. It sticks in your mind. It's a poetical writing. And that's why a lot of people... When they quote scripture, they are quoted in King James, old King James, because it's poetical. It says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying. Now you've got to understand something. I'm pretty sure Moses' boys were mad because they didn't get the top slot. I wish the anointing was genetic, but it's not. Now sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's not. And the reason why God chose Joshua, he said he wouldn't leave the temple, he wouldn't leave Moses. That's right. You can read that to him, it's an amazing man. And you know, at the end of his life, his sons didn't get the top slot. Come on. Yeah. God's looking for someone who, who's, who he can show himself strong in that's willing to commit. That's good. And I believe that's what Chariots of Light's all about, commitment. Yes, yes. Not just riding motorcycles. But commitment to do what God told us to do. To go in the world and preach the gospel to every creature. A lot of people won't go out and minister to men and women that ride bikes. You know, because they, they make people think they look a little too whirly, a little hard looking and all that kind of stuff. But God loves everyone. Amen. Even the ones in hell. A lot of people don't know it. Just because somebody went to hell doesn't mean God stopped loving them. But the law is the law. What you sow, you're going to reap. See, God is a God of love. So he says this in verse 2. And you know, God's very blunt. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. So what are y'all doing here, bawling and squalling, acting like a bunch of fools? <laughs> That's kind of a rough thing to say at a funeral. <laughs> Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, or get up. Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. He already give it, see. Then he said, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that means you got to do something, that I have given unto you. See, it's already been done. All you got to do is receive it. As I said unto Moses. In other words, you know what I said to Moses because you stuck to him like glue. That's why I chose you because you're a person of loyalty. You're a person of commitment. You're a person of discipline. And love in its purest form is discipline. Now, let me do a little preaching first. I get funny after a while, but just let me do a little preaching first. Here. What he was saying was, you're on this side of Jordan. The other side is the untrodden ground. Uh -huh. yeah. See, sometimes you get used to living in the desert. Yeah. 
you get used to being in the wilderness, a land of just enough. I remember Jerry preached that many, many years ago. I think it's a land of uh, not enough, the land of just enough, the land of more than enough. Remember, Jerry, something like that many, many years ago. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I mean, you know, we're doing all right. All right, don't get it in God's way of thinking. God is a God. He's a success going somewhere to succeed. He's constantly, constantly increasing. Let me read that verse 2 again. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. In other words, you're burning daylight on this side. You're wasting time. But we had a funeral. He don't care. God's got mission on his mind. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I have said unto Moses. Now, verse 4 is amazing because he tells them what to walk on. Now, he don't care who owns it because he created the planet, so it's his anyway. But he gave it to us. He said, from the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, he didn't ask them, unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. What he was saying was simply this. It don't make no difference who's there. Come on, That's right. You start walking. Yes, sir. Because he's the God that did everything you ever saw. And I want to deal with that word untrod- untrodden ground. Now, this is in the middle of a funeral. Now, well, stop singing, bawling, and squalling. Get your stuff and let's walk. Because every place you put your foot, I've already given it to you. Yeah, but the Hittites don't know that. Don't make no difference. They're going to get a quick revelation real fast. You see what I'm saying? Now, what's sad to say, the nation of Israel still has not yet possessed that land. Now, how many thousands of years ago if that was spoken? And yet they still have not possessed that land. When are we going to obey what God says? Now, if Chancellor Light's an outreach, then we need to reach out. So anytime something happens, whether it's spiritual, physical, or financial, you need to get involved in it. Yeah. If Brother Jerry or someone else said, Bill gets up and says, this is what we want to buy something, get involved in it. Well, I don't have much. It don't take much. Mm-hmm. You, can buy, you can get a motorcycle worth $7,000 for $100. Bucks. <laughs> I bet you B&W would pass out if they knew that. <laughs> See, it don't take much, but it takes everybody doing something. I had a man ask me the other day, I was preaching. He said, how do I get my ministry to grow? I said, increase your giving. He said, what? I said, increase your giving. You're trying to increase more meetings. See, because you think people's meeting your need. But if you increase your giving, God will give you more meetings you ever seen in your life. And he'll give you more people to become your partners. How do I know that? I've proven it every day of my life. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but there's obstacles. Who cares about that? That don't mean nothing if it's obstacles. If you excuse me, I just kind of like to hold this pulpit. It makes me feel good. <laughs> so if you're taking notes, write this down. The work of the Christian is to conquer the whole world. Look at that again. The work of the church of light is to conquer the whole world. Why? Why? Because God believes in acquisition. God believes in acquisition. So the church world, or the work of the Christian is to conquer the whole world. You can substitute the church of life. The church of life is to conquer the whole world because God believes in acquisition. There are a lot of people always asking me to invest in something. And one of the worst things you can ever tell me, because I'm a fairly decent businessman, I don't mean that to sound prideful, but I am. They'll say, you know, but Jesse, you need to invest in it, you'll get your money back. <laughs> right there, I done shut down. I wouldn't do nothing. Get my money back. 
Did you say get my money back? Yeah. Well, why should I want to get it back? So I'll just keep it back. <laughs> so you don't have to give it back. You done lost your ever-loving mind? If I'm getting involved in something, must God, I wanted to bring a return. I don't want to just get my money back. That's wasting, that's burning daylight. I'll just keep it back so you don't have to give it back. That make any sense to anybody? Tell me, what's the percentage rate? What are you believing for? So let me say it again. The work of the Christian is to conquer the whole world. God believes in acquisition. People ask me all the time, I guess because my hair is so white. Why, when are you going to retire? When God quits giving me projects. If you want to know the total project of everything I'm supposed to do, it's $364 million. If God gave me that tomorrow, I would burn it. What's today? Friday, I'd burn it by next Friday. And I'd say, I finished. Either take me home to be with the Lord or give me something else to do. Because you see, you got to count the cost before you do these things. You got to know what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, where you're going to do it, and how you're going to do it. Because if you're not thinking future, you'll never understand the present. And you will forget the past. So though God says, I believe in acquisition, that's why he wants you to win souls. The Lord told me that one time. He said, Jesse, make me wealthy. I said, wealthy? Good Lord. God, go to Revelations. You got gold streets, diamond barrel, jasper, onyx, ruby. My God, my pearly gates. He said, Jesse, I don't count my wealth by that. I count my wealth by the souls I possess. Now get up. Get out there. Do something for me. Acquisition. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, we walk by faith, write it down, but it takes a lot of faith to simply walk. You see, we walk by faith and not by sight, but it takes a lot of faith to simply walk. You see what I'm saying? And when you, all you got to do is start, because the minute you start walking, you, you're moving, you're advancing yes, sir. in every area of your life. So I believe in acquisition. My ministry is, is uh, I can see it right now. I just saw some of the, uh, uh, there's some finances on it uh, uh, from my financial director. I'm already way ahead of what I was last year at this time. Supposed to be. So I know the way it's going, it's going to even be better. Why? Because that seed I just sowed. And then I sowed another one the other day. Oh, I sowed another one yesterday. So that's $50,000. Lord Jesus, man. I tell you what, you know, we're going to bankrupt the devil. See, the devil owes me everything I see in this world belong to us. The Bible said the wealth of the sinner laid up for the just. One time I went, right just before I had my own plane, I flew into New York and this guy, I'm about ready to get in a cab. And the guy said, man, can I have your cab? I got to get to Wall Street. I said, take it, my man. Go ahead, it's yours. And I had been waiting quite a while. And the guy said, why'd you do that? I said, he worked for me. He said, he worked for you. I said, yeah, everything he's going to do is going to have to give it to me. Because the wealth of the sinner laid up for the judge. You know that's a dog devil from hell right there. You can tell it. So go make some money because it's coming to me. Now some people say that's arrogance cocking. No, that's the word of God. That's acquisition. I mean, I was in the Los Angeles airport one time. A man walked to me and said, you just did a plan, sorry. And he started cussing and threw $100 at me. <laughs> cussing me out and threw $100. Back and back and bam. I had a guy next to me said, I wish he'd cuss me. That's a true story. You know what? God gave him all kind of aggravation. You want scripture for that? Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Get me Ecclesiastes chapter 2, the last verse. In that, and I want to read that. Anybody got a King James Bible? Read it real quick. Uh, let me just read it. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, the last verse in chapter 2. See, that guy, he was all frustrated. See, he didn't know what he was doing. 
frustrated. I mean, he's cussing me and throwing a hundred and walked down going, ah! And I thought to myself, Lord, there it is right there. For God give it to a man that is good in the sight. That's me. Wisdom and knowledge and joy. Go to the next verse. But to the sinner, <laughs> he give it travail. <laughs> he's under pressure to gather and to heap up. Why? To give it to what? That, that he may give them that is good before God, that, uh, that is also vanity and vexation of spirit. He was vexed. I never met the man. I didn't know who he was. So I waited around for somebody else to cuss me out. <laughs> Cost a lot of money to cuss me out. <laughs> Acquisition. Acquisition. We walk by faith, but it takes a lot of faith to simply walk. Write this down. The further you travel by faith, the richer you become. That's spiritually, physically, and financially. The further you travel by faith. See, this is untraveled. That's what God said. Get up. Get across the job. I don't care if you're in a funeral. Get up. Get over there. That real estate belonged to you. The further you travel by faith, the richer you become. To grow older is to accumulate territory. We got more today than we've ever had in our life. Why? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. By sight, but it, takes, it simply takes a lot of faith just to walk. But you accumulate. You understand? That's how come as you grow older, you bless your children. You think when they get married, it's over. No, they come back. And they come back with children. Then you want to give them trust funds, especially if you're being blessed. You wouldn't want to bless. And my, my granddaughter's eight years old. And my, my daughter's going to be, oh, Jody. Jody's going to be 45 next month. And I said, Jody, you're going to be 45? I said, how old am I, Jody? She said, you don't want to know, Daddy. <laughs> Let me say it again. You, the further you travel by faith, the richer you become. To grow older is to accumulate territory. You see why? Because there's acquisition going on. Spiritually, physically, finally, you're growing to the fullness of the stature of Christ. But you do it in a childlike manner. I preached a sermon to me with the Southwest Believers Convention. The day a Christian stops being a child, that's a terrible day when you stop being a child. He didn't want you childish. Childishness comes from unbelief. You want to disobey. Childlike comes from God. Children are born. My God, they're just born believers. Oh, excuse me, you're not God's adults. You are God's children. My daughter may be 45, but she's still my child. Yesterday we was over there and I looked at little Meredith. I said, Meredith, you got any money? She said, no, grandfather. I said, let me give you some money. Boy, it started a chain reaction. She said, I'm going to save it. I said, oh, you're going to get some more now. My God, before we were walking out, Kathy was giving her money and Jody came to the court. Kathy gave Jody money. It was just a chain reaction. See, accumulation, acquisition, untried ground. What will chariots of light do that God may be glorified? Think about that for a minute. And he gave you wheels to get there fast. <laughs> what is the Bible? It's a book of large conceptions. What does it do? It appeals to the understanding as well as the imagination. Don't never lose your imagination. And if you forgot how to imagine things, go listen to your kids. Watch a child and start playing with a toy. Before you know it, they might have a little plastic horse, but in their little mind, they're riding secretary. And boy, they just going down the road. Glory to God. Am I right, Matt? 
You see, you never lose those kind of things. Because, see, that's faith saying, I'll take you there. When everybody, remember when everybody thought those things years ago were science fiction? Now they're reality. When Star Trek came in, was it 1966, 67? My Lord, man. Everything you saw that was unbelievable. Today we're doing those things. We beat me up, Scotty. Now we got phones and we do every kind of. My Lord, if, if, if you dumb, all you need is an iPhone. You ain't even got to go to school. You can answer every question with an iPhone. It's called Google it. You can find an answer to just about anything, isn't it? Isn't that amazing? So the Bible is a book of large conceptions. It appeals to the understanding as well as the imagination. Now watch this. If you are a church of light person, these three things you must do. You must have faith in God. Number one, write it down. You must have faith in God. You must have faith in the work. And you must have faith in yourself. You must have faith in God. Now write that down. I mean, if you are part of Chairs of Light and you want to do something other than just ride a motorcycle, you must have faith in God. You must have faith in the work. What is the work? You ought to know. What, what, is, what did Jerry Savelle tell every Chariot of Light person when he started this thing? Faith in the work. And then you got to have faith in yourself. You may say, well, I'm not a Jerry Savelle or I'm not this. You ain't trying to be somebody. What you have to be is believe yourself. You got to believe in you. If you want people to believe in you, you got to believe in yourself. If you keep saying, well, I just don't know if I can do that, but you go sit your ugly self down, man. Ain't nobody want to talk to you. <laughs> Creflo Dollar said, fake it till you make it. <laughs> I don't know about that, but anyway, I just made up my mind. I got faith in God. I have faith in the work. And I got faith in myself. I know what I can do. Now what you need to know is what God can do. That's why it's more than an outreach because it can be an outreach, but you have to reach out. It's called untrodden ground. See, God had mission on his mind. Look, boys, you've been in the desert for 40 years in the wilderness. Aren't you tired of it? I'll tell you one man that was real tired of it, Caleb. My Lord, he couldn't wait to cross that Jordan. I believe he walked the water probably to get across that Jordan because the giants that had his land what, 45 years, something like 40, 45 years? He said, Joshua, Moses brought me here when I was 40 years old. I'm 85, so 45 years. Give me that mountain. That's mine. Them suckers owe me 45 years of back rent. Either pay me or die. Do you know that Caleb's descendants still own that mountain? Acquisition. Oh, I like this. The work of the Christian is to conquer the whole world. God believes in acquisition. So you must have faith in God, faith in the work, and faith in yourself. I was kind of wondering. I knew I was going to do something when I got here, Jerry, but I didn't know. You know, we were at his house a couple of hours, maybe two and a half, three hours before the service started. And I knew I was supposed to do something. The same thing happened to me yesterday. Uh, what's the, yeah, yesterday. I mean, I went to lunch with people that I don't really know. But, and, but the Lord was dealing with me. I said, what are you believing for? What do you want? What? What? I wasn't looking to give any money. Well, I wasn't even thinking about that. I bought that dinner. It was nice. Boy, when they began to say it, the Lord said, what you going to do? I said, I'm going to take care of all that. He said, I do just the same. I said, you are. I said, God, we work together good. He said, he said that's what we do, don't we? I said, yeah, both of us are givers. Isn't this a blessing to God? The man busts out crying at the table. I'm the one that ought to have been crying. <laughs> If you look at it in the natural, I mean, because between today and just now, $50,000 went out of the door. 
Oh, but Satan's crying now. <laughs> he can't stop a tsunami. Here comes the tsunami. And God on top. Come get this big baby, Jesse. Come on, boy. I'm going to get that Falcon 7X. That's $64 million. I'm going to buy. I'm going to get. And I'm going to pay cash for that brand new jet. Somebody shout somebody. Acquisition. Ain't no other choice. And listen, I didn't even want it. I'm satisfied with what I got. But not God. He said, have faith in me. Have faith in the work. And have faith in yourself. Which means this, if he believes in you, you at least ought to believe in yourself. See, Christians have misused Christianity by needless ignorance. Write it down. Christians have misused Christianity by needless ignorance, untrained faculties, and undeveloped principles. I, I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so finished with the world that I don't think like that anymore. I've had people ask me some of the dumbest, stupidest questions you've ever seen in your life, especially men around my age. Sometimes when men get a little old, they get stupid, you know. Uh, women don't bother you. I notice a lot of women follow you, brother Jesse. Yeah, yeah. That don't bother you? No. Why? I'm saved. My ego died. A man asked me that one time. He said, how many women do you think are in the world? He had women on his mind. I said, I know exactly how many women in the world. You do? I said, yes, I do. He said, how many? I said, one. And her name is Kathy DePlantis. That's all I know. That's all I know. That's it. Why? Because my faculties are not untrained. I don't live in un, uh, 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 you know, what I call terrible principles or undeveloped principles, and I don't use needless ignorance. And some of the smartest people in the world, even my own tax people, say, you know, you give too much. You ignorant fool. The reason why you got a job is because I give too much. Yeah, but you can't take it off your taxes. You're at the point now. You pay, who, I never gave it to get take it off my taxes to start with. Now, I'll do that as long as I can, but you know how that's like. We don't know how long that's going to last but it doesn't make any difference. Right. I don't use needless ignorance. Do you see what I'm saying? My God. So I don't want to misuse Christianity in any way, shape, or form. See, one thing I believe, if you work for me, there's one thing I require. I demand, and that's loyalty. I'm not talking about kissing my butt. Excuse my French. I ain't talking about that kind of, that's silliness. That's stupid, that's ignorant. Oh, I forgot I was in church, but we had a motorcycle rally. <laughs> Carolyn, we had a motorcycle rally. <laughs> I ain't talking about that. The, let me explain. You hear Jerry Savelle in this thing. The loyalty of a servant is the stepping stone to the royalty of the throne. The loyalty of a servant is the stepping stone to the royalty of the throne. If you want to get where that man is, you got to be loyal. The reason why God the Father is going to give everything over to Jesus when we, I mean, now he has, but I mean, we're going to see this proclamation because he's been loyal to the Father. It's a stepping to the royalty of the throne. I don't care if you, how many of y'all got a ministry or a business? Look for the people that are loyal to it because you see, you want them to become who you are. You want your vision to be bigger than what you can say. And that's only done by multiplication of other people. 
Now, they're going to do some things different. That's, you know, I mean, my Lord, I mean, you know, I mean, he's got two surveils here, and, and one, both of them got ministry, and they do two things totally different than mom and dad, and that's supposed to happen. Yeah. Don't misunderstand me. But the reason why they got some, they're loyal to that. It's a stepping stone to the royalty of the top place. Do you see that? That's why, brother, get people that are loyal when you go to Australia. This ain't just about riding bikes, and that's fun. No misses, and I believe in fun. But I mean, my God, no matter what happens, what are you willing to do? Let me say it again. The loyalty of a servant is the stepping stone to the royalty of the throne. When you know you are called, you become invincible. Write that down. When you know you are called, you become invincible. And people look at you and say, who do you think you are? Invincible. And then I'm irresistible. Simply irresistible. <laughs> Come on. See, Is you, when you talk about chairs of life, do you make it irresistible? Or you just show them your patch? Yeah, but what's in the patch? What's behind the patch? What's on the patch? Why do you do what you do? A lot of people got motorcycles. Go ahead, my brother. I needed somebody to run for me. <laughs> See what I'm saying? You become invincible. Satan said, we got to back away from this. This man's going to hurt us. He's going to do everything he can to stop you, but he can't because he's under your feet. He's like the Italians. He's a stone in your shoe. You remove that. <laughs> oh, you, you become invincible. Let me say it again. When you know you are called, how many of you know you call the chariots of life? Oh, God, man. You are invincible. And I don't care if you just joined. Come on. Believe in what you, you joined and be loyal to the founder of it. And I'm not saying that because we're friends. Come on. And don't matter if you're a woman or a man. I don't look for a woman to hire so I can pay her less than a man. That just run me up a tree. I don't have a problem with that. I got some women in my, in my ministry making over six figures. I mean, and, but they're worth every dime of it. My God, they work fine. They deserve it. Why? And, I mean, and plus the benefits and all that. I mean, it gets up there. They deserve every bit of it. I had one guy tell me, you know, you, if you hire a woman, you don't have to pay them that much. I said, you prejudiced fool. I don't like that. So I, said, I come from very strong women. My mother was, I'm controlled by women. I've did, did, been controlled all my life. My mama controlled me. My wife controlled me. My grandma's controlled me. My granddaughter controls me. My daughter controls me. It's a fact. My daddy wasn't a boss. He, my, he was the head, but not the boss. Mama ran everything. The whole family ran around with mama. Uncles, aunts, all of them, all my uncles, aunts, all of them, they didn't do nothing for the holidays unless they called my mama. What we going to do? Yeah. This is what you going to do, you going to do, and this is what we do. Everybody said, okay. <laughs> my two grandmas, one four foot nine, the other four foot eleven. Stack them, you didn't have one whole person. <laughs> That's some short women. But they controlled everything in sight. Jody controlled me at three years old. Told me I was going to hell one time. You're going to hell, Dad. Who told you that? Mama. <laughs> then I got saved. You don't think God used her? When I walked out the bathroom in Boston, Massachusetts, and I came over, my daughter is, what, Jody was what, baby, three, three, three and a half, something like that? She said, Daddy ain't going to hell no more. Kathy ain't said a word. 
that kid could see that I was born again. Just like that. I, I, I start having faith in God. Faith in the work. Faith in myself. And I said, God, I'll serve you. I don't know what that means, but I'll be loyal to you. And I've had many opportunities to fail in my life. I just don't take any. And I've been preaching 40 years, and I've been in full-time ministry 38 years. Jerry, God is my witness. I stand on 90 stacks of Bible. God has never told me no, not one time. Not one time. And I haven't disobeyed him. I got a Ph.D. in obedience. Not bragging on that. Why? I mean, why? If you believe in something, why don't you just obey it? When you know you're called, you become invincible. Well, how do you get this so strong in you? Meditating on what? The Word of God. Meditating familiarizes you with the ethics of Scripture. One thing I believe in is ethics and ethics of Scripture. But you can't get that without meditating on that. It familiarizes you. You see, on how, what would God do in this situation? There's a lot of times I've asked God, what do you want me to do in this? He said, work it out yourself. Whatever you, whatever you say, I'll back it. Why? Because I'm growing. If you, if you don't teach your children to tie their shoes, they'd be 45 years old sticking their foot in your lap. Mama, would you tie my shoes? <laughs> you do that by, by meditating. You familiarize yourself with Scripture, which makes you understand ethics. You see what I'm saying? And that produces untrodden ground. Moses was a great man, my God. But my God had promised land on his mind at a funeral. Now, Joshua, get up. And watch this. When Joshua was an old man, he said, Joshua, you're an old man. There's still much land to be possessed. So he didn't accomplish all of it neither. I hear so many people say, I'm called to the ministry. Really? <laughs> you may be able to preach a message, but can you generate a vision? Come on. Come on. Yeah, a lot of guys can preach a message. But can you generate a vision? Because, brother, that's where the rubber meets the road. Because, see, your work must be a continuation. Every time I hear Joel Osteen, I hear John Osteen. Does he do it different? He's supposed to do it different. He's supposed to do it like, exactly like John. Joshua was totally different from Moses. But the mission is the same. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, you familiarize yourself. Let me say, write it down if you're taking notes on it. Meditating familiarizes you with the ethics of Scripture. So I got up today, and I'm further, I'm, I'm more blessed today than I was yesterday. How do I know that? Or the day before? Because I got seeds growing that I didn't have three days ago. And I believe in the 30, 60, and 100 fold. I also believe in a thousand times. And I've had that happen to me many, many times. People say, has it happened every time? No, not every time, but the fat lady ain't sung yet, boy. If you think I'm giving up on it, you're living in a dream world. Anybody can quit. Take no, take no faith to quit. Just quit. I like what the book of Micah says, when I fall, I shall arise. They say, when I fall, I'm going to lay down and cry. Let me... No, get up. A failure is not someone that fell. A failure is someone that lays in the mud. Get up. We had a person that used to work for us and had a failure in, in, in her life. Well, my God, but she repented. Well, we ain't going to hold that against her. Everybody said, oh, you know, and stayed at the church and 
was such a blessing. My Lord, and everybody knew what had happened. And like all of a sudden, another position came. But it was, I don't know, a few months, whatever, maybe a little longer. And to make a long story short, without, you know, without revealing, you know, because you protect people's dignity, they said, you know who, who applied for that job? I said, yeah, hire. Why? Why not? What have you done? that you hadn't got caught on. Love the Lord with all the heart. She said, y'all would hire me in a second. Why? Because what you did doesn't exist no more. And who am I to bring that up? Are you hearing what I'm saying? How could you do that? What makes you think that? Well, I've meditated and familiarized myself with Scripture. I've learned by example of Jesus. He sees this woman who's been caught in the act of adultery. Do you know what it means to be caught in the act of adultery? You got it in your mind now? I want you to see the picture. I don't mind. She caught. Guess who's going to kill her? All the men. Including the guy that was caught with her. He figured I better hit this woman fast before my wife find out about this. Jesus come walking up. You know, he's fi- familiar with scripture. He'd been meditating with his father. He has faith in his father. He has faith in his work, and he's got faith in himself. He said, he that hath no sin, let him cast the first stone. Well, you know the story. They all walk away. He looks at the woman. Where are your accusers? Now watch this. He's caught in the act of adultery. Where are your accusers? I don't have any. He said, neither do I condemn you. Now, he reprimands her. He says, go sin no more. He saw something in her. Yeah, she had a failure. But he saw, you know what? I can fix this. Neither do I condemn you. And if anybody could have accused her, Jesus could have because he was perfect. But he said, neither do I condemn you. Now, go sin no more. Don't do that no more. Watch this. He trusted God, his father, to take care of that woman. That's what I do. I said, that's a good example. Because we think some of our sins are worse than others. And when the word sin sim- simply means missing the mark. But I can understand that because the Catholics, if you've been Catholic, we were raised with venial sins and mortal sins. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Venial sins and mortal sins? Oh, you did a mortal sin. Oh, you got a lot of rosaries coming at you. <laughs> a venial sin, you might get three Hail Marys and three Our Fathers. Anybody ever been Catholic know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. Hold your hand up if you've been Catholic at least once. Can you quote the Hail Mary prayer? Yes, you can. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for sinners now and at the hour of our death. How come I still know that and I've been preaching all these years? Because not one Protestant taught me a prayer. Protestant church don't teach you to pray. They should have taught us the book of Ephesians, the chapter 1 of Ephesians, chapter 2. Paul prayed, that prayer. Well, we don't want to pray vain, repetitious prayer. Look, if they're in the book, they ain't vain and repetitious prayers. Our Father prayer is not Jesus' prayer. But you notice Protestant churches don't teach you to pray. They teach you to shoot the dice. (laughs) Well, you just never know what the Lord's going to do. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm not against the Protestant church or Father Catholic. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about, why do I remember that? Because watch this. They familiarized us with the Our Father prayer, the Hail Mary prayer. They jammed that in us. And I don't care if you've been saved 90 years or you, if you're 90 years old and you've been a Catholic for only 10 years, you're going to remember it to the day you die. Why? Because they put it in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see what I'm saying? So when you understand that God believes in acquisition, that's why we're having this. That's why the Chariots of Light was birthed in Jerry's mind and Carolyn's mind and, and, and the Savannah Ministry's mind. Well, let's do something with it. Yeah, does he like motorcycles? <laughs> Have you seen his collection? Yeah, he likes motorcycles. <laughs> that's not the issue. But, and he liked to ride. That's not the issue. The issue is, what is it for? See, you got to understand, God will give you everything you want, but he's got a mission behind everything you want. He's got a mission for something you to do. Oh, I don't know if I can do that because you don't have faith in yourself. That tells me if you don't have faith in yourself, then you don't have faith much in the work of faith in God because God chose you. Now, either he's lying or you lying, I pick you. Because God chose you, so evidently he thinks you could do it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have chose you. Right? Not a seven billion people. Sir, he chose you to touch the continent of Australia. But the chariots of light, Lord Jesus. Think about it. At least you got something to ride a chariot. Let me go back to the faith in God. Faith in the work. Faith in yourself. When you understand, see, that's untrodden ground. Now, you know, could I slow down? Yes. Do I want to slow down? Yes. <laughs> to what? I tried golf. I had to quit that because that was sending me to hell. <laughs> that game will send you to hell. Because you ain't speaking in tongues out there. That ball rebellious. You cussing up a storm. and Oh, Jesus. You make the sign of the cross and you're not even Catholic. I said, that game is not for me. And Kathy is trying to get me a, uh, what do you call it, a hobby. She bought me ping putters and ping, uh, what do you call them, clubs. Those are very expensive. She bought me uh, <laughs> shoes. She bought me six lessons from a professional. She said, we got to give him, find him something. Because he works all the time. He's just working. Man, I went out there and I hit that ball. And I knew immediately this was not for me. Because I said a word that I should not have said. <laughs> reason y'all are laughing because y'all been out there and said that same thing, didn't you? There's a guy standing there. He said, man, that's the finest clubs ever. So I said, you like them? He says, I really do. I said, what size shoe you wear? He, he said, what? I said, look, at you like these brand new shoes? Yeah. I said, what size shoe you wear? He told me, same size. I took my shoes off. I said, here, here's the clubs, everything, the bag. He said, are you serious? I said, I got five more lessons taken from the <laughs> Bye-bye. Hope you don't go to hell. See you later. <laughs> I didn't know I, I didn't left Chateau Country Estates. Kathy said, you date? You know how much money I pay for all that? I don't care. Worth the price to go to heaven, Kathy. <laughs> then I met Kenneth Copeland and Jerry Savelle. You know what both of them said? You don't know how to play. Y'all don't, don't know how to play. You didn't know how to work. What do y'all do? We ride motorcycles. You like motorcycles? I always love motorcycles. But my mama called them murder cycles. 
Why are you going to kill somebody and kill yourself? And I, 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 I ran into ditches and all that kind of stuff. But I was young. You're hard to kill when you're young. <laughs> I mean, coming out of the blood and everything. Oh, ain't no way to do it. <laughs> How many of y'all did that? You know what I'm talking about. They don't make no difference. Jump back on and go. So I started riding motorcycle with them. We, and I had to go from New Orleans just to get to here to Fort Worth to get Jerry. Then Jerry, we take off what to Colorado, Montana, whatever. We went all over. So I had a, a good 480, 500 miles before I got here. And they always want to start out early. Can't even know what size helmet you wear. Because you can't figure it out because you got to have matching helmets because you're with the Savelles. <laughs> <You know. laughs> I bet you Carol and Jerry got the same color underwear on. I bet they do. I mean, they just match, son. My God, his, his rags are not rags real time. It's the same color as the motorcycle. Here come me and Kennedy. Look like we've been to the, to the Goodwill. <laughs> uh, we got a rag here. I thought, Lord. And I put on Kathy's helmet like to kill me. I drove how long? How many hours? I don't know. I can't remember from here to where did we stop? I can't remember. But hurting. Just like this. And I'm trying to talk, and it sounded like a Jerry said, there's something wrong with your microphone. I come walking up, my chin's hanging out the helmet about this point. He said, you got Kathy's helmet, you got a girl helmet on. Well, I took it all and went, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm healed by the fuck Jesus. Bless me. Remember them days? I got on that bike. I was untrodden ground. You thought I was off the sermon. Untrodden ground. Kenneth Copeland talked me into getting a gold wing. Good bike. But not if you're short. Not if you're short. Now, if you're tall, okay. But if you're short, you better speak in tongues. Because you go up a hill, your feet can't touch nowhere. Oh, Jesus. You lean that baby on your leg. Hey, ain't going to hold that bike, man. Oh, you're going to love this. And I did. I loved it. Lord Jesus. I thought, man, Jerry, he, I should have got a deal. I, I said, Harley Davidson wears that. Then I realized the only reason why he bought that, because he's short. <laughs> and if you're short, you can ride a Harley, because your feet's on the ground, bless God, because your butt's low. <laughs> you're on a gold wing, you're like this. <laughs> you're on a Harley, you're like this. <laughs> i never seen Jerry drop a bike in I mean, all those years. Wow, well, he found one that fit him. I learned to drive that gold wing. I mean, I did, son. And Because I was on the ground many times with it, but I got up with it. I said, I, you're not going to defeat me. Hallelujah, glory to God. And, and then I said, I'm, I'm going to drive back by myself. Me and Kathy took off, left Colorado by ourselves. Remember that? Boom. And I tell you, I had it made. Because I don't care what you do in life. If you work at it, you can accomplish it. But it's still a lot easier to get on a screaming eagle fat boy. <laughs> Why? Because your legs are all feet on the ground. 
<laughs> you stop at a red light, you don't have to pray. Because <laughs> your feet's on the ground. Are your feet on the ground, chariots of light? When you're going out and you stop, you got to talk to somebody that don't know God spitting, screaming, hollering, cussing. Is your feet on the ground? Or are you falling down? Can you handle this mission? Because remember, you are a person of light, which means that you are to expose darkness and then destroy it. Turn on your heart and light. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, after a while, I knew, and Kathy knew, if I was coming up to a hill and I knew my foot could touch, I'd look at that road and it was like this. I'd say, right rudder, right rudder. And we'd lean. <laughs> I could touch that thing. You know, right rudder. And but see, when she first got on, if I go to cut her, she try to pull like that. Whoa, woman, don't do that, woman. <laughs> Ride with me. But I tell you, after a while, Kathy, man, she, she rolled up. The only thing she didn't do was smoke, but she rolled up those <laughs> sleeves, get on that bike. I mean, she liked the sun, fall asleep on the back of the bike. All of a sudden, I hear her helmet go, boom, hit my head. <laughs> I said, woman, she said, Oh, I got it. So I tried to put a couple of bungee cards on it. She got mad. Are you, you going to bungee card me on this motorcycle? I said, well, I don't want you to fall down. She was sleeping one time, and I could hear it in the helmet. I said, boy, she must be tired. That snicker bar, she thought I didn't see her eat. She must have wore out. And people would pass by, and they're going, she's sleeping. I said, yeah. Oh, man. That's a true story. <laughs> she got used to it. And I tell you, even when she's sleeping, if sometimes I just lean a little bit, and while she's sleeping, like. <laughs> even though she was sleeping, her body was now used to how that motorcycle felt. You ought to know now how chariots of light feels. Yeah. That even if you're just tired and you're taking a break, if you're just still sleeping, you're functioning correctly. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, it was a blessing of the Lord. Then Kathy had the revelation. I know I ain't riding behind you no more. I said, what's the matter? She said, I want my own bike. So I got her one. That was a trip. Because now she had to go through what I went through. And I loved seeing her suffer. <laughs> I'm behind her, man, Jerry. And she's going, and I can see it. She's mixed up about the gears, right? She, she done lost about the gears. Finally, there's a bio, like, person behind me. What's the matter with that woman? I said, I don't know. I don't even know who she is. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> My new man. God. And she turned around. How do you shift this thing? I said, one down and three up. I heard this. I said, pull the clutch. This one. This one. Two. <clears throat> And one day, I guess she'd been practicing. I come home, she said, let's go riding. I said, oh, okay. It was in the afternoon. She got on her bike, I got on mine. She just left me in the dust. Boom, just took off. And smiled at me like. <laughs> I thought, my Lord, look at this. Wow, she learned it. She learned it. But she, she first had to walk by faith. Now, remember this. It takes a lot of faith to just simply walk. She had to get out there and do it. I couldn't teach her. 
because a wife won't listen to a husband. You tell her to do something, well, you're just getting mad at each other. So I said, I told my, my brother-in-law, Ricky, I said, teacher, she'll listen to you. She ain't gonna listen to me. I said, Kathy, you, know, you, know, you got that controlling spirit. <laughs> what do you mean controlling spirit? I got no controlling spirit. I'm trying to tell you, man. You don't kill yourself, do this. Shut up, okay, all right. All right. But I knew how to get her back. She was sitting on the back of that bite. I just eat something that didn't do well with my stomach. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> does, this, does this familiar to you? I never forget one. She said, What is that? I said, Roadkill. <laughs> I got her back, Rodney. I got her back. <laughs> Boy, you can tell it. Y'all know because y'all did the same thing. Carolyn, well, let me close with it. Carolyn was so nice, but she hated all this. <laughs> Sweat like a mule. Jerry just loving Carolyn going, oh. Finally, she says, hey, y'all want to stop for the night? I said, yeah, let me start that next exit. She said, how much further we got to go before we get to Fort Worth? All of a sudden, I saw a sign. said, forward 198 miles. Carolyn's hand went up like that. Just thanking Jesus, man. Just thanking Jesus. <laughs> Sweating like a mule, boy. 100 degrees and on a black asphalt road with a crazy train on the side of you, spitting that cold up. <laughs> we just getting slammed. <laughs> you know, Carolyn's a pretty woman. She likes to look good. <laughs> Aunt Jemima, boy. She looks like a well, we all black face when we got off that bike, man. Lord, we look terrible, son. But I got to say it. She did it because Jerry liked it. So she said, you know, that's my husband. I'm going I'm to follow him. I'm back it. It was a great day. We had great fun. And I'll tell you some of the tough stuff, but we had a lot of fun. It was just a blessing. Why? Untrodden ground. Every time we went somewhere, we did something we'd never done before. Now, y'all don't tell Kenneth Cope I said this. Keep this to yourself. Because, see, if you say something to Kenneth, he said, read the manual. Have you read the manual? After a while, I get, I get aggravating after a while. I say, you want to come to that thing? Well, it's in the manual. Have you read the manual? I want to say, hell no, I ain't read the manual. <laughs> y'all don't say that. Don't say nothing. <laughs> That man. But you know what? The manual tells you what to do. <laughs> I get so mad. Because, but he was right. You know, I'd read half of it. You ever put something together, you got more parts than you need? Why? Because <laughs> you didn't read the manual. <laughs> I don't need that. Throw that away. <laughs> But one day, my day came, 
I said, Brother Copeland, I said, got some blue smoke coming out your tailpipe there. What is it? I said, I don't know. I said, he said, you think it's uh, that, uh, antifreeze or something? I said, I don't know. I don't know if it's all antifreeze, but I see something. He said, well, we're going to pull over on the next thing by this mountain. He said, okay, so sure enough, we pulled over. I don't know if Jerry was with me. Den uh, uh, Dennis Burke was with me. <laughs> I like to kill Jerry right there. <laughs> he knows what I'm talking. He seen me do this stuff. <laughs> first. So I come walking up there, you know, and uh, Ken said, God, man, I Boy, they go to all kinds of things. And he said, I just can't figure it out. I, I, what is it? I said, have you read the manual? <laughs> and Glory says, look at there. Jesse's teaching Kenneth something. <laughs> it was a great day for me. I said, have you read the manual? He didn't say it, but you could see in his, see in his eyes. Hell no, I ain't. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say it. <laughs> it was a great day. It's only one time it ever happened in my life. I was just blessed God. But every time I went, I was on untrodden ground. Then I found out a lot of them were on untrodden ground. Because things happen out there. And things happen in life, and sometimes you don't know what to do. Jerry's motorcycle sprung a leak. That's the funniest thing I've seen in my life. Now, Jerry, funny about leaking bike, because Jerry clean, see? Jerry clean. It's got to be right. And he got a gasket that's busted. <laughs> Brother Copeland said, I can fix that, Jerry. Jerry said, you can't. Yeah, he said, I won't. <laughs> What's it? Oh. A soft drink can or something, smash it all together with metal. Yeah, cut a piece of tin out of a Dr. Pepper can. We'll just jam it on there and it'll work good. <laughs> you know what Jerry was saying? Hell no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> and he didn't either. Jerry got on the phone, called somebody, come get this bike. Fix this bike. He didn't say that, but I can see it in his face. I said, <laughs> Every time I see a Dr. Pepper can, I go, I'm going to save this for Jerry. <laughs> but do you know that will work? You know that will work? Because I asked a motorcycle guy, uh, you know, a mechanic. I said, We were stuck one time at a friend of mine. Busted it. And I said, we thought we'd cut a piece. He said, if you tighten it up enough. Now, he said, it ain't going to last real long, but it'll get you to the place where you can get it done. I said, okay, just want to know that, you know. And, uh, but, and so, but somebody must have done that. I don't know, you know. You know it's, so you learn from people. But then I learn if you just carry a few extra parts. You don't have to be looking for a Dr. Pepper can. Just a few little extra parts, carry it with you, glory to God. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. See, God's got great things for chariots of life. Yeah. Untrodden ground. Yeah. Go where no man has gone before. Oh, Live long and prosper. Yeah. Think about that, man. How many people will be saved by the end of this year and by all of next year? You ought to dream about it. You ought to get up and talk to, if, if your wife's with you, talk to your wife about it. Yeah. 
Let's, let's, let's believe for this, and then let's just, we're going to do it. And get excited about it. And go to the scripture and meditate on it. Familiarize yourself with the ethics of how to do that. Keep yourself loyal to the vision of Chariots of Life and to the founders. I'm not just saying that because you see they found it. The reason why Moses was on Mount Transfiguration because he's loyal to God. Yeah. You're going to get high. You understand what I'm saying? It's not just so you can just serve somebody. No, what it is is God sees those things. And not only will he do it for you here, he'll do it for you in heaven. And I close with this statement. He said, what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Do you know you got power in two dimensions? Do you know you have power in two worlds? Do you know if you bind something here, it's bound in heaven? Gabriel, Michael, the archangel cannot unbind what you bound. What you loose on earth is loose. They can't loosen it unless you loosen it. That's how much authority and power that's been given to the body of Christ if they just accept it. That's Jesus' actual words. That's Matthew 18, verse 18. Put that up there if you don't mind. I want to read that. Matthew 18, verse 18. Watch this. My God, man. I mean, think about the, uh, Matthew 18, verse 18. Then we'll read Matthew 18, verse 19. Can y'all do that for me real quick? Does it go up on his back? One of those go up front here. Well, that's a, you know, I got the same shirt on. Did you see that? <laughs> uh, go, go back to the picture for a second. Watch that. I, I think I got the same shirt on. Hang on a second. There. This is it. Am I right? That's what Kathy said. Kathy noticed all that stuff. It's not there? Okay, let's read the verse first, then. That's fine. It's just as Jesus. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. See how much power there is? Go to the next verse. Again, I said, he had to say it again because he didn't get it the first time. Again, I say unto you, that if two of you you shall agree on earth as touching, I'm going to stop there for a minute. You see, when you join chariots of life, you touch that man and touch that woman. You touch that vision. See, now you have the responsibility of that vision. If two of you shall agree on earth as touching, how many things? How many things? Anything. Anything, next, Next statement, that they shall ask. You have to ask. It shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. That's what Chariots of Light's about. It's a ministry, an outreach that's reaching out. Do you see that? And if we all would understand that has ministry, if we just come together as one, we'd have the Chariots of Light meeting in heaven next year. Because the Bible said when the gospel is preached to the world, the end shall come. Think about that. The end shall come. That's why I'm working as, as 90 to nothing all the time. Man, I want to get out of here. I want to. I, I, I want to start my work in heaven. Oh, if you think you can be laying on the ground and drop, an angel dropping grapes in your mouth, you're living in a dream world. It's the universe now. Multiple universes. Oh, traveling at the speed of thought, not the speed of light, because you'd never get there. Speak it in there, and God sends you to some place that we don't even know about. Well, honey, you know that's true. Because you go to places now on the earth you don't even know about. 
and you being sent. One man told me one time, he said, I'd love to go. I said, well, you may not be able to go, but you can send. And it's just like as if you walked there, as if you did it yourself. Because you see, your finances is who you are. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speak it. Where your treasure is, where your heart is, where your treasure is, see? Think about that. So instead of thinking, oh, just another offering, no, you're sending something. Philanthropy, you're doing something. God Almighty wanting to be the blessing. And he trusts you enough to do it. Joshua, get up. If you're going to cry, cry while you're walking. We got a promised land. I've already given to it. Now, you got to put your foot on it. Like that verse said, you got to ask. And God will honor you. I'm Jesse Duplantis, and I'll prove this message. <laughs> Give the Lord a hand clap for that. Oh, I preach long. Yeah, I apologize. I, I went too long. I really believe in this ministry. I believe in Jerry's ministry from the day I met Jerry. But I didn't know half the things he did because many times we were in the same churches and different places, maybe different times. But, you know, I knew he was sent out, but all the other things that were going on, I didn't realize how, he, how much he was involved in missions and things of that nature. And, and then when I began to know him, you see, then I began to see the effects of what this ministry is doing. I remember when I was with him before he had this building. I remember the miracle that made this building come into fruition. Boom! Because somebody obeyed. And Carolyn started jumping about that high. I remember that like that was yesterday. I remember driving with Jerry down that road there. And all of a sudden I looked and I saw building. I thought, wow. Remember that? I, told, I said, Jerry, you know, I mean, God was preparing. At that time, chariots of light did not exist. And there are other good motorcycles. Ministry, don't miss something. I'm not against any of them. That's not the issue. But I like the light part of this thing. Light. Because when you have light, you can see what you're doing. And you're not stumbling. Stand to your feet now. Would you lift your hands up and pray in the Holy Ghost for just a minute? For just a minute.